If it's Edgar Wright, I don't want to be Edgar wrong, so we got our buzz on. Welcome to Buzzed Off Film, the spoiler-free mini-episode review portion of our regularly scheduled po uh, podcast programming. Hi on film. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Chris Maxwell. I'm your host. And today we're talking about Edgar Wright's Baby Driver from the Year of Our Lord 2017, written and directed by Edgar Wright of... Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, At World's End, Spaced, and now, well, partial Ant-Man, and now Baby Driver fame. Uh, yeah, as I said, no spoilers here. We're looking at maybe 15, 20 minutes to talk about this movie. You're in, you're out, you're on with your life. And back into the movie theater. With me, as always, the co-host from the couch, the one of Earth's mightiest heroes. I should say that with Marvel Connections. The Mother of Dragons, because we are coming up on Game of Thrones here quite quickly. The Walking Kevin Bacon game, the podcaster disaster, and the Brad Davis that God gave us, my co-host and friend, Brad Davis. Howdy, sir. Hey, Brad, how you doing today? I'm doing well. Excellent. Edgar Wright's Baby Driver. It's safe to say we have slightly anticipated this film. Slightly. It's yeah. probably number three on my list of 2017's most anticipated films. Star Wars, obviously, one. Last Jedi, number one. And Thor Ragnarok, number two. Uh, yes. Baby Driver, a solid third. Because I am a whore for franchises. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. These days, it seems like everybody is. But here we are, completely original film by Edgar Wright. A, a I would say, an all, all, outright auteur at this point. Uh, yeah, I'd have a hard time disagreeing with that. Okay, all right. Well, Brad, uh, we have only a little experience with him on our podcast, Shaun of the Dead, episode 186 from last year. Um, you like his work? You're a fan, yeah? Yes. I love Shaun of the Dead. I love Hot Fuzz. Uh, I like Scott Pilgrim a lot. Uh, I didn't love that movie, but I, I certainly enjoy the hell out of it. It's a very unique film. Actually, there's a lot of similarities kind of between this movie and that movie, I feel like. Interesting. A lot of music kind of being, pu not pushing the movie along, but the use of music being very prevalent in the film. I'll argue that he does it a lot in most of his films, but no question that Scott Pilgrim and Baby Driver are much more music-oriented. Yeah, a little more of the focus or something. But either way, yes, uh, this he's a very original director, and I, the more I see him, the more I like him. Wow, I like that. Well, we got, what? Ansel Elgort, we've got Lily James, is that her name? Yes. Uh, John Hamm, Jamie Foxx, John Barenthal, Kevin Spacey, one more girl. Uh, El uh, Gonzalez. Yes, John Hamm's uh, love interest. His wife in the film. Are they married? Yeah, he says. Oh, he says, he says wife. my wife. Ah. Uh, I, ooh, E-I-Z-A, Isa Gonzalez. I, yeah, E-I, huh? E-I-Z-A. Isa? Yeah, Isa Gonzalez. Yeah, no, I, I very much like this cast, but I was just merely setting us up for our very first segment, Movie Trailer Voices. It is movie trailers that you and I have tailored to ourselves. If uh, we were to tell someone, give someone a preview of this movie without them knowing anything else, this is what we'd set up for them. Brad Davis, you ready with your movie trailer voice? Ready. Lay it on us. Baby is the best getaway driver in the business. 
He's been doing it for years to pay off his debt to a mob boss. When he meets his soulmate, he tries to say goodbye to the life of crime, but it's just not that simple. Can he drive off into the sunset with his one true love, or will his life and the life of everyone he loves come to a screeching halt? Find out in Edgar Wright's Baby Driver. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Come to a screeching halt. Car yeah, parts, really, yeah. yeah. Drive off into the sunset. Yeah, believe me, I got, I got a couple in mind as well. I would expect nothing less. Hit us with it. Fasten your seatbelts, tune your radio, and start your engines for this summer's high-octane ride through Atlanta. Meet Baby, a young good-luck-charm getaway driver for organized crime boss. In fact, he's the best getaway driver for an organized crime boss. There's only one thing. Due to a ringing in his ears, he's gotta listen to music. With the love of his life threatened, he must take one last job, one last time. He's got plenty of experience, but he's still Baby Driver. Yeah, the ears thing is a pretty pretty big plot point that I uh, missed. The ringing in the ears. Uh, yeah, not really a big plot point. It doesn't play into a lot of things other than the... Well, the music is such a... Constant diegetic sound. Right, which is a pretty huge thing in this movie. But yeah, you're right. I guess sure. it's not a big plot point. Right. It's a huge character. Although I love that when his right. earbuds come out, you do hear a slight ringing yeah. in the background. Oh, the sound design in this movie was top-notch. Yeah. I'm jumping a little ahead here. I had this written further down on my sheet, but I'm going to go ahead and call it right now. Sound editing Oscar. Uh, Very possibly, though I feel like a lot of times they give that more to... Don't you say it. I was going to say like action films or something like that. Yeah. Okay. I'm just just saying... Well, I was thinking of a recent action film we buzzed off. Oh, Transformers? Yeah, oh, yeah. God, no. I'm thinking more like Star Wars. Well, I'm thinking that's more sound mixing than sound editing. Mm. Okay. Sound editing, I feel like this movie Yeah, well, you have like it. the, yeah, the bring in the ears, the vault, like kind of the, the, even the sound of the film, the, what he's hearing, the levels yeah. of the it's all dialogue go up sound. and down. Yeah, yeah. And it's all in the world. As his earbuds come out, the sound dampens as they go in, it, it amplifies. I'm calling it. Okay. It, 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 you're on the record. Sound editing Oscar. Baby driver. Cool. All right, let's get into <laughs> to be or not to be, a.k.a. you're in, you're out. This is an hour and 53 minutes long, plus trailers. So, if you got a big gulp, huh? What are you going to do if you got to use the bathroom? Is there any time where you should sprint out to use the bathroom because, you know, there's a lull in the movie? Or the converse... All-Stars, a time where you should stay in your seat because you don't want to miss a really cool part that's about to happen. Brad, what do you think here? Uh, I would highly recommend being in your seat on time. So so you got the beginning of this movie. 100%. You got to. I mean, it starts off immediately and you get not only a great car chase pretty much right off the bat, but you get a really nice introduction to your main character, which is like fun and you... It a, does a great job of understanding this character. And, it's, and the way music's going to be used in this yes, movie. All you learn that very quickly. Right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, I would say about 45 minutes. The first 45 minutes, don't leave your seats. Because you get a lot of action. The best car chases in the film. Around 45 minutes, you there's a bit of a lull. Just because you focus more on the love story. Which is... 
good. I, I mean, certainly try try to stay in your seats for it because it's very sweet. And the two uh, Ansel Egort, Elgort, Elgort, and Lily James have a great chemistry. Uh, but I will say about the love story, there's nothing uh, too original about it. It, it. It's well written, it's well acted, but there's nothing you haven't seen before in this love story. So if you need to dip out to use the bathroom, I would do it then because pretty much the rest of the movie you get in one form or another a lot of action or a lot of kind of important plot points. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I oh, I would... This is a movie I thoroughly enjoyed. I think I would recommend staying in your seat the whole time. If possible, absolutely. Yes, exactly. Uh, the, the love story is worth building upon and seeing how it works and what exactly drives Baby to love this girl so much. Um, doesn't hurt that they call out one of my favorite Beck songs in their courtship. Uh, <laughs> but right what can you do? Oh, house. yeah. Hey, listen. I, I, I try to show my hand here so the no people people can know exactly where I'm coming from. Um, but yeah, you're right. That middle part, you can dip out if you absolutely need to. But by an hour 20, you better be in your seat. Because shit starts going down and you're not going to want to miss it from there on out, I don't think. I agree with that. So, Alright, let's get into the meat of it. For what it's worth, where we measure our opinions of this film against the ticket price... $16.50 to see it big and loud in Culver City. What are you thinking, Brad? Out of $16.50, what are you paying and why? Admittedly, I walked out of this film a little disappointed, initially. Uh, I, negative, I, huh? Well, I, well, I kind of want to okay. preface a little bit. Um, and I, uh, it, it's a little bit because, and kind of what I think the, maybe the, one, the negative part of this film is, is I think it's a little anticlimactic. Um, okay. I, I won't go into too many details, but obviously, but uh, down the stretch, it is it is good. Uh, it's not great. The first half of this movie, I think, is great. Fantastic. The second half, I really liked. And I think that's kind of why I walked out initially a little disappointed. But... Then we started talking afterwards, and when we started kind of naming off the scenes, they're like, oh, great scene. Oh, great scene. Well, and all of a sudden, those, the... those added up really quickly, and all of a sudden, like, I'm talking, I'm naming ten scenes that were great scenes. Yeah. So, you get to that point, and it's hard to, that I'm like, oh, wow, I really did love this movie. To your point on that uh, anticlimactic ending, uh, I kind of, I felt a little bit of the same way. Again, I, I won't go into so much detail, but I, I felt like there was a uh, je sais quoi, not ne sais quoi, because I know what it is, but I don't want to say it. Right. Missing, um, until we actually started talking about it and started talking about the thematics as well, in addition to the piling on of good scenes. Uh, and I, God, maybe in the last like 15, 20 minutes, I've softened a little bit and I'm very excited to see this again to... to actually get a a cleaner view you know what i mean with without expectations knowing what it is and how this plays especially into the thematics which i think we've kind of now agreed are pretty brilliantly interwoven into the plot well and i think that and i was agreeing that i need to watch this again because there are so many things going on in every scene you have action you have the music element of it 
you have the plot of it as well, and when you have all of that, and then you're also still trying to look at the thematics, uh, the kind of the, uh, you know, the subtle thematics of, and not subtle, but not the as overt thematics, you get into all of those things, and it's a little tough to digest it all in the first viewing. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. You want to do a minute or two of a spoiler alert after the, the music? Sure, we can. Great, let's do that, because I, I have some things I do want to get off my chest for those people who have seen the movie. Okay. And I think we've now talked cryptically enough. Yeah, so that we, that we should, should probably, probably do something. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I got to say, Edgar Wright, I think, is proving to be not only his own auteur, but an auteur of genre up there with the Coen brothers. Oh. I mean, when we're talking Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, At World's End, Scott Pilgrim, and now this, uh, this man clearly knows the tropes and story beats of very... Uh, very specific genres and knows them well enough to play with them and infuse new, fresh ideas into them. And I, I, I'll tell you, he, I think he's up there with one of my favorite film directors. This uh, man makes fun movies that uh, I think are wholly engaging and play with those genres tropes in the exact right way to give you that nostalgia and the sense of newness. Uh, he's one of the more unique filmmakers out there. Uh, his track record certainly speaks for itself. I, I maybe have a little problem putting him in like the Coen Brothers level. Well, I'm saying starting to get up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're 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 get, we're working our way up. It very much reminds Their me of much more expensive. Yes, exactly. We're we're still a little limited on how much we've gotten from him as far as director right. uh, as directing films, but. Boy, this certainly kind of steps him up to a new level, in my opinion, of... Uh, yeah, he, he wowed me pretty well in this one. Mm. I gotta tell you, Atlanta must have some tax breaks as well. <laughs> Everything's filmed in fucking Atlanta these days. Hey, whatever works. I know, but I'm just... I, I can't believe that... How... The, the volume of movies and television that are... I mean, some things hide it. And this one... Fully, explicitly, he's like, hey, we're in Atlanta. Oh. Not to say that's... First shot is Bank of Atlanta. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And some beautiful shots of the city, too. I mean, he... And especially, too, in this movie, the way he weaves... I mean, you have suspense, you have action, you have comedy, you have romance. Yeah. Beautifully choreographed. And I'll tell you, highly stylized, and I think the cast 100% pulls off those, especially uh, harder stylized lines. True. That's very true. That's good. Almost like comic booky lines at yeah, some time. Yeah, absolutely. And they... Or noir-esque lines that are like of a different era. Like, I feel like this cast pulls them off. I mean, the main character's name is Baby, for God's sakes. And you don't blink an eye at it in this film. No, you don't. There you go. That's a good point. So what are you paying? Uh, I mean, 20 bucks. I mean, I'd be fine paying 20. Um, uh, what do I think it deserves? Probably like the seventeen fifty to eighteen range. Okay, but I'm happy to pay. Still 20. up there. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's great filmmaking. Yeah, I'm with you. I'll pay twenty bucks, but you know what? If I'm I'm probably gonna do eighteen. Uh, this is probably my favorite film of the year so far. Uh, I it, it's probably mine too. Boy, I like Get Out. Uh, yeah, Get Out's probably number two right now. Again, I've only seen them each once. I really need to do repeat viewings. My guess is on repeat viewings, this will I'll like this more than. Get I'm it. anticipating that but as well. Man, 
two great films. Yeah. Uh, with Wonder Woman trailing as well in, in a three-spot right now, I should say. Um, a few movies I, I do really still want to see that I've missed so far. Colossal, and it comes at night from this year. Just to round that out in case anyone's wondering. I'd love to see those. I think they have a lot of potential to crack my top ten of the year. Woo! I do. I do. I think they do. All right, Brad, you just saw Baby Driver. What are you going to do next? I mean, I, it's, it's probably the same thing we're both going to do next, especially considering what our podcast has been the last three weeks. Spider-Man. Spider-Man Homecoming. Homecoming. Uh, I mean, other than, it's kind of crazy, the two most anticipated movies of the summer are basically back-to-back weeks. Yeah. Um, which you're not anticipating Dunkirk. Uh, I'm interested in Dunkirk, but I'm certainly not anticipating it the way I am Baby Driver or Spider-Man: Homecoming. Okay. Uh, Chris, you just watched Baby Driver. What are you gonna do next? God, I am. I'm queuing up this soundtrack in my car. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I'm doing. And I'll tell you, this is the best soundtrack from a movie, obviously. Uh, since Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'll even give props to this one for having to work harder to find deeper cuts than Guardians of the Galaxy, either one of the volumes, ever did. Those are just hit compilations. This movie works hard to find deeper cuts that work perfectly in this film, and clearly speak to Edgar Wright's taste. I actually saw an article where he said it's all out of his personal collection, and he gives like a 13 albums of, of can't-miss listen to's, uh, and a lot of it was on there, including Beck's Midnight Vultures. Oh, boy. Yeah. Queen, Sheer Heart Attack, I believe, is on there, obviously. Uh, Kink's uh, uh, Village Green Preservation Society, a bunch of stuff. Um, I won't go through it all now, but yeah, hell of a soundtrack, and I know I'm going to be listening to it again and again. Yeah, good point. Well, that's it for us uh, at Baby Driver, unless you're sticking around after the short musical interlude to get our spoiler alert. Otherwise, if not, we're saying goodbye to you now, and we'll just let you know exactly where you can find more of our stuff. Of course, High On Film at Twitter, and at Facebook, and at iTunes, and on SoundCloud, and at HighOnFilm.com. Please feel free to reach out, out to us at any of those places, and via email at thehighonfilmshow.com, at gmail.com. I said one too many dot-coms. I'll let you figure out which one is the error. I'm at Cross Maxwell. That's Chris with an O instead of the I. Uh, Brad? At BD Always GP on Twitter and Instagram. I love you, Pittsburgh Pirates baseball blog on my Twitter page. There it is, guys. Uh, and we will see you on Monday for Spider-Man 3. Please check out Spider-Man 1 and 2 and the rest of all of the wonderful movies we've done. Uh, and, oh, and our Transformers, um, Age of Last Night, Dark of the Moon review is out now as well. And goodbye, other than, uh, you lucky few have seen Baby Driver and want to hear the spoilers coming up right after this. Goodbye. Okay, spoiler alert, here we go, Baby Driver, spoiling things. If you haven't seen it, or you don't care, well, this is for you. Now Brad, we were very cryptic with what we meant being uh, anticlimactic during the buzzed off here. Let's talk about it. Okay. 
my initial thoughts were that we do not get a final car chase. I like that we turn... Like a big car yes, chase. Yes, a big car chase. We set it up. We, we spend, after we watch Jamie Foxx and uh, Isa, Isa Gonzalez. John Hamm's wife in the film. Die. Yes. That we sweep over Los Angeles and hear police radios from all over going off about this, this uh, robbery. And it seems like it's setting up for a citywide chase. Like a Smokey and the Bandit, 50 cop cars in the rearview mirror chase. And we... Jump to a, I believe, a on-foot chase with Baby. Which is terrific. Which is terrific and a beautiful turning it on its head. And then we're stuck in a parking garage for the rest of the, the movie. And this is where I have my problem. While the parking garage is satisfying, we get a nice little showdown with what becomes our main villain. Well, and a quick interesting side note, the parking garage has always kind of been the safety zone. Yes, and which I do like. Yeah, and now it's the place where everything kind of goes down, which does make me appreciate it a little more. Okay. But, but well, we don't get a final car chase. Not really, no. And one where you get to see Baby's joy of driving again, which I think is integral to the enjoyment of this film through the viewer. Well, and this was kind of the point I made... Uh, off the air um early on you get baby you get him kind of dancing in his car and you see this is like always the yeah, same Yeah, right away we're in spoiler territory yeah, yeah. yeah. dancing in his car and then you also get kind of the you get this tracking shot of the first scene after the big car chase of baby just going to pick up coffee and it's this beautiful tracking shot down the street where he's dancing in the street he's stopping in front of certain uh, like a, a, there's a mural on the wall. He like poses the way the mural. He walks in front of a window that has like brass uh, uh, instruments in there. And he pretends to play the brass instrument. Like the all attention this... to detail and the timing in this scene is beautiful, in fucking incredible. And kind of an, a, a natural problem is everything goes wrong. So of course you can't still be this joyful and playful. But in the second half of the movie, you lose that in the main character. Because everything goes wrong, and now stakes are higher, so he doesn't have this kind of jovial attitude anymore, which is so fun to see that character play. Yeah. So that kind of goes away, too. But, yeah, the ending is... It lacks a little luster. It does. I, I enjoyed it. The kind of final battle with John Hamm is, is fun enough, but... Mm -hmm. Like you said, and I think you mentioned it before too, you kind of get that beautiful overhead shot, you know, the true detective season two shot. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Of like all the cars driving <laughs> on the freeways and they're setting you up to believe that there's going to be that Smokey and the Bandit type chase. You even get that in the sunny day when he's driving off with uh, Deborah, the love of his life. And then this is where esteemed high on film guest Carly Walsh came in and said... Well, no, no, no. He can't slow down. He needs to be the one to slow down. Right. And knows that she can't be involved in this life. Even the slower, you made the point of the, the slower music always plays. When yeah. 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 Terrific point. And it softened my ideas that we need this big car chase. Uh, thematically, I think it works really well this way, to be honest with you. And then he gets the clean, clean conscience. 
You know, he gets the, he does the penance, he goes to prison, and then he walks out free and clear. Now we know he can live the rest of his life with this love of his life. Well, it's without the truly happy ending. Truly happy ending. It gets a, we get a little montage of him in jail, which I, I guess I don't know how else to do it. I didn't personally love it. It came off a little cheesy for a movie that, I, I was going to say that isn't that cheesy, but man, I mean, the love story is, you know... A, a cheesy love story. You're, I love it though. Yeah, yeah. It's no, yeah. no, no, no. I, 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 I can enjoy a cheesy love story. You know, you tell you're you're beautiful and yeah. you're singing and all that stuff. So, yeah, I maybe I'm being too nitpicky or too hard on it, and that's maybe we maybe we will look back on this at some point and think we shouldn't have got that big car chase at the end because that's how he because you expected it. Yeah. Again, something yeah. Carly said. Right. Uh, but yeah, he, he keeps giving you stuff and he keeps pulling in, out the rug from under you and yeah. we were kind of proven wrong a little bit in this instance. It's funny, they actually filmed the final scene of Baby Driver on the same bridge they filmed the final scene of uh, Finding Dory. <laughs> Good one, Chris. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, I got one last one actually though. Uh, I think they crash more pairs of sunglasses than they do cars in this movie. The sunglasses, <laughs> the original sunglass scene where he keeps putting them on is hilarious. It is hilarious. It's great. But they break ten pairs of sunglasses. Break a lot of sunglasses. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, the movie is terrific. It, it is, is terrific. The, it's great. It's a great car chase movie. The stylistics are perfect. Impeccable. I, I really love that part of it. Anything else to say, Brad? No, I mean, I could just start going, I mean, since it's spoiler-free, or we're spoiling stuff, I could just go through and start naming scenes that I fucking love, but I don't think anybody wants to hear that. Yeah, save it for when we cover the movie on High on Film. Perfect. Alright, guys, thanks for listening to the spoilers. We love you. See you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>